It has been five seconds. So does that mean that we're ready to start the episode we are from our new location? Our new studio. Um, so glamorous. <laughs> the lounge room. He's going to say studio slash the lounge room. <laughs> we're, we're recording at a decent hour for a change. That's true. We haven't recorded this early in a long time. I know. How are we so organized? <laughs> well. <laughs> First time in a long time that's not this late at night. <laughs> Alrighty. Intro us. Hello, welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm CJ. And I'm Amanda. And Hello. slightly terrified. Welcome to the <laughs> Halloween episode. I have actually picked some stories that are a bit Halloween-y inspired. Which, Halloween was yesterday, or at time of recording right now in America, where Halloween is actually a Yeah, thing. I'm just going to say it's still Halloween somewhere, so it's okay for but me to do a Halloween stuff. Live, It'll be long gone and you'll have forgotten about spooky season altogether. And you'll probably be eating Christmas things. <laughs> They're already in stores, actually, Christmas candies and stuff. I was going to say, we ate marshmallow Santas not that long ago. <laughs> that is true. We have already eaten marshmallow Santas. I'm okay with it. They were really yummy. <laughs> so what's been happening? How's it going? <laughs> you ask me this question every week and I'm like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> um, I want you to tell me how you are. That's, that's, what, I want, that's what I want you to do. <laughs> I'm the same as I was last week, just with less money. Ooh. How were you last week again? I can't remember. I don't remember either. Probably. Uh... <laughs> Look, nothing's really changed in my life in the past month since I became unemployed. How do you feel with your freedom? <sighs> <laughs> can't even muster out anything positive. Are we talking freedom in the fact that I don't have a job? Or freedom in the terms of the lockdown being I, I meant in terms of the lockdown. Yeah, my dad asked me that question as well when he called. And I was like, uh, it doesn't change my life at all. No, I don't think that it's uh, changed much at I've all. I've seen other people I know in Melbourne who have gone out and done stuff already. And I was like, eh, I, don't, I can't afford that at the moment anyway. So Yeah, well, I mean, we were in Preston earlier in the week, which is where the northern outbreak is. And people were just like not wearing masks, not wearing them correctly. And that was enough to inspire me to think, might just wait. That too. Um, <laughs> I really hope there isn't another wave. Especially while I'm unemployed, because that'll probably cement me staying unemployed for quite some time. Mm. We had another donut day here today, which is nice. So another day of no cases in Victoria. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, we're not going to really know the effects of the lockdown not being in place anymore for another like two weeks. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Hopefully, be, like, in theory, it really should be fine because we've got no be. cases. It doesn't matter that these people aren't doing the right thing. Well, it does because they're then potentially spreading it. But they shouldn't have it anyway because we've That's, done the okay, right thing. Okay, I get what you mean. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it shouldn't yeah. matter too much. I thought you meant like the people who have it, that it shouldn't oh, matter God, too no, much no, that they don't do the right God, thing. And no. I was like, what? They were spreading it. Yeah, like, but no, still, I, get, I get what you mean now. <laughs> get your testing done. If you're feeling sick or whatever, go get yeah, your absolutely. testing done. But it shouldn't matter that these people are, what was um the term I heard someone refer to it? Dick nosing. Yeah, that's when a really good people walk it. around with their noses hanging out, like their dicks are hanging out. <laughs> um, because in theory, well, the numbers suggest most of us don't have it, yeah. and we know everyone who does have it. Well, do we, though? In that's theory, the other thing. In yeah. theory, okay, but... But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to be too confident, because I feel like I'll jinx it. Mm. But I mean, it's looking good at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Which we won't spend Christmas in lockdown like I think we're going to. I, I reckon at the very least we'll be up to stage two. 
At, at the most, sorry. I at the most free stage two for Christmas. I don't think that we'll be able to go home. No. Because we're both from a different state. I don't think that we'll be able to go see family for Christmas. No, which we didn't last year either. But that was just a personal like, choice. Even, it, yeah, even if like we could, I don't know if we'll be able to afford it as well. Well, I mean, that's the other side. But I just mean, I, I, don't, think, I don't think the borders will be open by then. Yeah. I think they're going to try real hard to, but I think even if they do open them just beforehand... I probably won't. Yeah, especially because I keep seeing things about Sydney being ripe for a second wave to start. Well, so. their their numbers are bigger than ours at the moment. Yeah. So. So I'm a little bit like I don't know if I want to go. I mean, the other side of that is that I'm saying, oh yeah, like Sydney's numbers they're like way worse than ours, but we're talking like four. four? Five? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like it's huge numbers or anything. We are exceptionally lucky here to have the low numbers that we do across the country. Yeah. And, you know, I guess it's different for us in perspective to say, oh, they're big, numbers are bigger, but realistically, they're still fucking nothing. I, I think it'd be more so that, you know, we would be going to see like elderly members of my family that I wouldn't want to put in jeopardy just in case we catch it along the way or, mm. you know, something like that. I just think, I, I think I'd just rather wait to know that it's safe to do it. Oh, well, that's fair. But Christmas is still like two months away. Not even. No. Okay. Well, whatever. It's like seven weeks away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we up to? This is our 46th? 46th? 46th, yes. And guess what? I did notes. <laughs> you did notes this week? <laughs> I didn't just swing it this week. <laughs> I felt really bad last week. I felt like it was not my finest performance, so um, I apologize for that. I think I edited it into something listenable. <laughs> Gee, thanks. What's the what's the Tony stories this week? Um, well, like I said, I Halloween. I accidentally did a bit of a Halloween theme. It wasn't deliberate. <laughs> We watched Halloween movies last night. But I was going to say, maybe it was because I had Halloween on my mind that I'm still not ready to let go of spooky season, that that's, I like inadvertently. This is probably the most Halloween-y Halloween I've had ever. Mm. Like we watched a bunch of Halloween movies. We watched Beetlejuice, watched Rocky Horror and The Addams Family last night. Yep. Addams Family Values, was it? Yes. Um, The second one. Someone down the street from us has done up their house. We went for a quick walk and had a look at that. Yeah. I saw them out earlier in the day and she was dressed up as a big spider handing out candy to kids, which is not really something you see here. No, but I want to be that lady in the neighborhood when I get older. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that's the most you've ever celebrated and we Halloween? Halloween themed cupcakes. That's the most you've ever celebrated Halloween? Probably since I was seven years old. I was going to say, you, you never like dressed up or. I went trick or treating once when I was like seven. What about as an adult? You never went to like Halloween parties? No. Ugh, Halloween's my favorite time of year. I never really got dressed up or anything like that. I still love doing that. Haven't done it in a while now, but because they kept bloody putting packs around been... the same weekend. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to a costume party. What? Okay, yeah. we have to rectify that when we're allowed to have parties. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about it for next year. I, I was talking to how I wanted to like walk around the streets as like a Grim Reaper looking thing. Yeah, but that's just that's just being a dick though. You're just scaring people in the street. <laughs> yeah, but we could. I could still just dress up like that, but we go like bar hopping in the CBD or something. <laughs> Yeah, you can do that. But I got to. I got to. Um, I've decided that my height isn't enough for the thing I want to pull off. So I'm gonna oh my god, walk around on blocks of wood. For reference, if you don't know how tall CJ is, he's like fucking six four. He's tall enough. No. Tall. <laughs> okay, so you got Halloweeny stories. They're not too long. No. Um. Not you know n- none of my epic stories or anything that I've done in the past. Mm. Just sort of average, average length stories. Okay. Well, I had one get away from me, but it's not too bad. Okay. Almost two pages. Uh, and then I got a couple of quick ones either side, I suppose. So who wants to go first? What, what's the Tony last one? Because my last one's really quick and dumb. Kind of terrifying. I actually think my last one is a bit of a mystery. So maybe you should 
Maybe I should go first so that you go last. You don't want to leave it on a mystery? No, I feel like that's really mean to leave it on an open-ended um, thing that has no answer. Okay. So maybe maybe I should go first? All right, then. Okay. I randomly found this article um, that was done by ABC uh, in a Facebook group, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I want to talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> but it is, it's Halloween-themed, I guess, in the way that it's sort of not really about ghosts. Ghosts. Sort of. Not really. Um, <laughs> so have you ever heard of ghost hoaxing? It's not really a thing that happens anymore, but it's happened in the past. Ghost hoaxing? Yes. I want... I had, I've never heard the term, but I'm going to guess by its name, it's people faking ghosts. Yeah, that's exactly or what it is. fake hauntings in their houses. Um, no, not that. Okay, just pretending to be a ghost. Just or- pre- People pretending to be a ghost. Okay. So... Yeah, I was going to say, basically is when people dress up like ghosts and harass people. And it was actually really common here in Australia, or to be more precise, in the Victorian goldfields at Ballarat and Bendigo from the late 1860s to the beginning of the 1900s. Was that during the gold rush? Yes. Oh. So it was it was really a thing back then. <laughs> That's why I was the, saying, um, not so evil, much a thing now. clown thing of their day. Yeah, it, it basically was the exact same thing, which is terrifying for me to think about because I hate clowns. But this, it almost sounds silly when it's like written down, but I have a feeling that if you weren't expecting to see this, that it might have been actually quite scary. Especially because a lot of the people who came in for the gold rush would not have been experienced with the bush or Australia. Yeah. They probably rushed in from out of the country to get in on that gold. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they probably don't know what to expect in this strange land. Yeah. So um, I have a quote from a couple of old timey newspapers. Just to describe what was happening. Uh, so this is a quote from the Bendigo Advertiser in September of 1903. Another ghost is appearing in Ballarat in the neighborhood of Woolen Mills. A figure clad in flowing white robes has entered the yards of several residents in the locality to great alarm of women and children. Hmm. None of the men, though. They're strong. No, men. <laughs> they, they can handle a ghost. Um, so I've got another one from the Kilmore Free Press in 1882. Ooh, Kilmore. An apparition, in figure a man, and in antics a mischievous schoolboy, has from time to time visited this claim at midnight and entertained the men at the premises at the times of its visits by means of a brisk bombardment with rocks. And its sudden and mysterious disappearance the men by throwing at- rocks at them. No, so the men threw rocks at him. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, hang on, wait. No, you were right. Just imagining all these old-timey men sitting around being like, oh, he's throwing rocks at us, this ghost. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's more like they were pissed off. Like, what the fuck you doing throwing rocks at us? Probably. But they were entertained. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, Maybe they thought it was like a cheeky like prank or something. And then they're like, hang on, wait. <laughs> Man, I'm so bored. Do you want to go watch someone throw rocks at us? Yeah, let's do it. I love a good rock throwing. Hey, what was there to do in the fucking 1880s? Especially in the evening. Nothing. Pan gold? What, in the evening when it's dark? Yeah, why not? I don't think they were doing it when it was dark. Mm. They should have, because then the candlelight would pick up the sparkling of the gold. I actually don't know that much about gold panning or how it was done. So maybe they did do it at night. I have no, no idea. I've never been gold panning. No. Oh. Actually, <laughs> I had someone else asking that question recently. Um, I was like, oh, you never did gold panning at school? And I'm like, no. I Yeah, I did do it at school because we went out to Bathurst one year. But I've also done it at a gold mine in two gold mines, actually, in New Zealand. Sorry, the house just shifted. And I was like, was that a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the ones we went to was just inside Christchurch, and I'm fairly certain they put gold in the water. Oh, for so you to find? So yeah. you're guaranteed to get something, which is kind of cool, I suppose, <laughs> but you still got to do it properly. Yeah. And the other one, it's a lot more, um, less touristy. Mm. It's more in the middle of nowhere, and they just fucking shoveled a bunch of slop in the trough and said, off you go, if you find some gold, good luck. <laughs> Didn't find gold at that one. Yeah, no, I never did it. But I think that was probably more authentic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I never I never did it at school. It was never a thing. Oh. I don't know. 
It's I not very exciting. Apparently. You get some dirt and then you put it in a pan and you put that pan just in the water and you sort of just shake it back and forth. Until you find some and gold. sift out some gold. Oh, it still sounds like it would have been exciting to me as a child. So Yeah, I think I was eight when we did it. So actually getting gold on that first one was like, oh my God, oh my gold. <laughs> um, I wonder what that vial of gold got to. <laughs> Anyway, back to the story. Apparently, it was so common that the ghosts had identities like kind of like how superheroes do. <laughs> so, for example, you had the wizard bombardier in Ballarat. The wizard bombardier. Who would throw things and yell at people in a white wizard outfit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I kind of just love this. All these like old timey people and then you just have like this random person getting a wizard outfit from somewhere and running around throwing shit at people. <laughs> Am I talking about the Wizard of New Zealand on this show? I think you've mentioned it, but haven't like covered it. Mm. I can't remember. I don't remember. We're we're starting to get to the point where we have so many episodes. I'm like, I don't know what we've done anymore. Mm. (laughs) I mean, it seems uh, going in it today. I am slowly giving everyone a history on Wellington. Okay. Which I guess is because I never really don't much about myself either. Mostly through the lens of animals. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not today though. No animals today. No. Actually, that's a lie. No Wellington animals today. Okay. Apparently, it was like so much of a problem, people doing this, that Ballarat City Council even offered a reward of five pounds for the capture of these ghosts. How um, much apparently, was five, five pounds, pounds worth in today's money. I was going to say, I don't know how much exactly, but the article I read said that that was quite a sum of money. <laughs> so, what, when, when was this? Sorry? When, when was this? Like in the uh, 1880s. Australian pounds, 1880s. Oh, maybe say like 1885. Oh. What? They only let me go back to 1901, so I'll go as okay, close as so I can. Okay, just like say 1901. Well, one of these reports is from 1903, so that's fine. It won't let me do this year. It won't let me do like next last year, so 2019. Oh my god, okay. Okay, so as of 1901, five pounds Yum. was worth in 2019 $780. That's, that's still like... And I mean, also take into account that the value of money isn't as great as it was back then. So like, while we look at that and go, oh, 700 bucks, not that much. That would have mm. been a lot to them. Yeah, considering what they had. Well, yeah. for just reporting information. Yeah. Weeks wages. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One man was eventually arrested and put in jail for a year. And the reason that he got punished so harshly was because he was like a, a civil servant. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he was like quite well respected within the community and he was out there. Okay, actually, he's I got, haven't... I he's, have, like a, he's like a lord or something, but in his spare time, he's like a, he's like a weird Batman. Okay, I have a description of what he used to wear. Mm-hmm. So he was known for wearing a white bodysuit, knee-high white boots, a long white coat, a white hat, and a mask, and he would run around terrorizing people. <laughs> so, Like an inverted Batman or sort. <laughs> but like, make it the, like 1900. <laughs> All of this sounds like it's just a bit of fun. Although it sounds like it kind of wasn't. It sounds like There's they were no actually terrorizing people. people. Yeah. Um, but like, why did this take off? Like, why was this a thing that was happening? Why was it such a problem? I thought you were going to be telling me it was people trying to like scare people off the gold mines so they could get off themselves. Well, I mean, maybe it was a bit like of that. But maybe I don't think was this guy was doing it if he's a civil servant. Yeah. Like, the stories that I read about people doing this, it didn't really sound like it had anything to do with gold. So there is some theories, although it's kind of hard to say because this was, you know, over 100 years ago and all that. I just thought that it was a combination of so many different people from all over the world getting an opportunity to meet and talk. So the theory is that they were talking about different spiritual beliefs that people maybe hadn't had exposure to. So that's where they got the idea from. But there's also some other ones, you know, a lot of people died at the gold fields. So it got a reputation really quickly that it was haunted. But also it might be because the rules and high standards of like, you know, morality, I say in air quotes, at the time that was brought here from the UK was so high that people just like wanted to act out Mm. while still being under the guise of being anonymous. 
So they could be a civil servant by day, but by night. But by night, I'm the <laughs> wizard of Bombadoodle, and I'm coming to throw rocks at you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds really juvenile, but maybe that's what it was. It was like, you know, very... Look, I'll be lying if I said I wasn't tempted to bring it back. <laughs> maybe without the rock throwing. Probably the not rock throwing is a bit far, I think. But maybe just like, maybe you know... I'll throw bread rolls at people. <laughs> it just sort of sounds... It's little British buns coming over the... <laughs> We're going to do that next Halloween. I'm going to dress up as like a Grim Weeper looking dude and throw brioche Bread. buns. Oh my God. And kids come up and go, trick or treat. And give them a little brioche bun. They're going to be like, what the fuck is this? I'll go do it in Brighton. Oh my God. I'll do it in Brighton. And then like, I'll really scare them. and be like, it's got gluten in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I just wanted to talk about how people in the 1800s were acting weird. Acting weird? Yeah. Well, what about people in the 2020s acting like twats? Oh, that happens all the time. Mm. I think I think it's more common now. <laughs> Byron Bay influencer heckled on a plane after her oyster dinner causes 30-minute delay. Are you fucking kidding me? So do you know who Ruby Tuesday Matthews is? No, I have no idea. I've never heard that person before in my life. Neither have I. I mean, Ruby Tuesday is a beer made by Matilda Bay Brewery. That's probably mo- the more fun version. Mm. So yeah, I had no idea who she was either, but she's apparently an influencer from Byron Bay. Uh, which I think says all you really need to know. So I'm envisioning anti-vax. I'm surprised she'd eat an oyster, to be honest. (laughs) I don't know about that, but I I don't know if she eats much of anything by the looks of her. Well, uh, Byron Bay is like the anti-vax capital of the world at this point. So that's why I say that. Yeah, very anti-vax in in Byron Bay. Even more reasons to dislike this woman. Well, I mean, we don't know that she is. (laughs) Let's just, that was an assumption that I made based on the location. Well, look, (laughs) I'm going to give you some reasons to not like her. So the other week she steps into a Jetstar flight. And they start booing and jeering her, all the other passengers. Okay. Uh, the flight was already delayed. It was departing Byron Bay. It doesn't say where it was going. And they actually had to wait for a an engineer to be flown down from the Gold Coast to fix the plane. Oh, so it was delayed for a while. It was delayed for a while. They were told up to two hours. Which, I mean, that's not too bad, really, for a plane delay. Hmm. So... Ruby notified her followers of this by posting on Instagram, in her Instagram story, with a picture of a plate of oysters and the caption, flight delayed, fuck my life. (laughs) I mean, life must be hard. So difficult. Yeah, definitely. Two hour delay. Oh Oh my God. Unheard of. You know the longest flight delay I've had is a week. (laughs) But But two hours. Every every day we had to go to the airport, which this is Port Mosby Airport, and it was just a big shed at that time. And you sit there in the heat. And you wait around for like an hour, hour and a half, and then they're like, oh, yeah, no, it looks like the plane isn't coming today. Oh, it looked that, like, shouldn't they know? Not, it looks like it's not coming today. <laughs> Look, I don't know. All right. That's what we were told. <laughs> I was four. It's hard for me to remember entirely how it went. So they fixed the plane and everyone else, you know, who's fucking sitting around at the airport gets on board. Mm-hmm. Mind you, none of them have been sitting around eating oysters. They've just been waiting. Okay. They can't leave because Ruby's not there. Oh my God. Okay. Ruby doesn't get on the fucking plane. She's off eating her fucking oysters. <sighs> so now the flight that's been delayed is waiting on Ruby. And they sit on the tarmac for 30 minutes. I, Ruby, your flight's delayed. Fuck your life. Now you're just delaying it further. No, but I mean, like, doesn't that just sort of speak to the sheer entitlement and selfishness mm. of, I'm assuming this person is, if this is the kind of fucked up shit they're doing? So she finally boards the plane, and that's when everyone starts booing and jeering at her. There is a video of it. Someone filmed it. Oh, okay. So I'll show it to you in the article afterwards. It's not. It's, it's not. Your imagination's probably more exciting than what okay, it actually is. Okay, right. <laughs> Well, they're yelling at things that are like, how's the oysters? So the plane knows. Oh, so like... Everyone I, on the flight knows why they're waiting on this I'm woman. assuming the pilots found out and went, okay, well, I'm going to tell fucking everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they all finally get to where they're going. They land. Ruby gets off the plane, goes through the customs and whatever. Well, domestic flights, no fucking customs. Mm-hmm. Gets in her car or taxi or Uber or whatever. She's not done, all right? Ruby is the victim. Oh, of course she is. All right? She posts a four-minute video to Instagram and she attacks Jetstar for her, and I quote... 
traumatic flight experience. And she claims that if someone not as strong as her had gone through that, they'd have killed themselves. What world does she live oh, in? Ruby, you're so brave and powerful. Oh my god. Is anyone on her side? People on the plane said, fuck you for delaying us more. And you didn't kill yourself over it. Wow. Is anyone on her side? I'm sure her fans were, were, are, were there right? any like sympathizers to her situation? Because not that I read about in the article. I'm this is struggling. by uh, this is a pedestrian article written by Michael D. Iorio, who okay. we've used before. He was the one who wrote the famed messy bitch Kevin Rudd article. <laughs> Love it. She takes no responsibility. She claims it was not her fault, and she hadn't eaten since her breakfast smoothie. So she left the airport. She left the fucking airport. She didn't even get oysters at the airport. She left. So she the wasn't airport. like having lunch or whatever at the airport. No, no, she fucking left and went to a restaurant somewhere else in Byron Bay. <sighs> okay, I don't understand why they <coughs> waited for her. She was fucking left, right? They should have just left. All right, COVID safe, one less person. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't know if there was like I can't imagine any time that I've been on a plane that they would have waited for me. Yeah, I'm assuming she was like business class or something. It's a domestic jet stuff, like they don't really have that. Then why the fuck did they wait? I have no <laughs> idea. Quote. Fuck this, I'm going to get food out of the airport. It's two hours until our flight takes off. I'm going to go. This is her explaining her reasoning. I walked out. I did not hear the second announcement that apparently said, do not leave the airport. Why would you leave the airport anyway during a delay? Yeah. You know? Especially when it's only two hours. That's hypocritical of me. We used to do that in New Guinea. We would go to a hotel over the road from the airport, basically. But then you could literally see your plane landing and know it's time to go back down. <laughs> but I mean, if it's only a two-hour delay, like that's not very long for a delayed flight. Why would you bother? And that's only up to two hours by the sounds of it. Yeah. So like, yeah, why would you bother? Or like, why wouldn't you just get something to eat in the airport so that you could hear the announcements? You think the food at the airport's going to be good enough for her? Oh my God. <laughs> I think for just one day, you can eat a fucking cheeseburger. She had her smoothie and then she had back-to-back meetings. It was a real tough day for her. And then she had to go through a traumatic experience that other people would have killed themselves because someone said, how were the oysters as you got on the plane after delaying everyone for 30 minutes? She never told us how the oysters were. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing the quote, I was basically bullied by about 7 to 10 to 14 people at different times. They made comments about my children. No Jetstar staff stopped this at the time, probably because they're like, good. Yeah, maybe you won't do this again then. You delayed them too. Yeah, exactly. Like, they don't have lives, they don't have shit to do. Yeah, right? They're already delayed from work and now they're going to get delayed another half an hour because of you. Yeah, exactly. Continue the quote. I copped it hard for about 15 minutes. Oh my god. Ruby, 15 minutes. <laughs> I can handle it. But one day, there's going to be another girl, not as strong as me, and they're going to hop on that plane, and they're going to have to cop that, and they're going to have to hop off the other end, and then they're going to go kill themselves. Ruby, do you want to, like, wank over yourself a bit more about how great you are? Like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I honestly don't feel like it's anything about her trauma, but just an opportunity to really talk herself up. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I, I, I end up my notes by saying, fuck off, Ruby. Just fuck <laughs> off. See if we can bring up a picture of her. Hang on. I mean, I, I don't even need to know what she looks like, to be honest. I, I think that's explaining the kind of person that she is, and that's all I need to know. I can put this up here and you'll be able to see it. Ooh. There you go. I mean, she looks like someone from Byron Bay. Yep. There's her oysters. Oh, I'm so glad I got to see the infamous oysters. There she is in the car afterwards. Here's one of her Instagram things. She doesn't look well. <laughs> Too many smoothies. That's it. That's it? That's the story of fucking Ruby delaying everyone. You, you know what I'm like? I can't stand stories about that. of like, just fuck what's like that. Yeah, I know. What was that other shit I get angry about? I get angry about lots of stuff. I was going to say, what what part of the list of things that you get angry about were referring to? Like excessively angry about things. I'm usually pretty calm. There are some things where I just get really <laughs> upset, like anti-vaxxers. Well, I mean, that's because they're just dumb shits. Truth is... Flat earthers. Oh, flat earthers don't make me angry. I find them amusing. Oh, 
they frustrate me, especially when they keep proving to themselves the earth is round, but they're like, something's going on. But the thing is, like, with flat earthers, I don't really care that they believe it because it's not hurting anyone. I don't give a shit. Believe the earth is flat. It is one of the more harmless. It really is. Like, because what consequence does it have if the earth is flat? None. So who cares? Means the government's been lying to you all this time. I mean, everyone. I mean, I've accepted that the government is lying to me. It's a conspiracy to sell you globes. (laughs) When was the last time you bought a globe? But like, I think, okay, say flat earth, say the earth is flat. Say it's true. No. Say it just in theory. No, I'll never say it. (laughs) But just say it was. Just say it was true. And the government had been lying all this time about it being round and it actually was flat and we found out. I think that's probably the least of what the government would be lying to us about. Because again, what consequence does that have? None. I would much rather worry about all the other lies that they're probably telling. <laughs> I've got a wild story for you. Okay, what is it? With this story, I've kind of really pushed the definition of what the podcast covers, <laughs> but I promise Australia is mentioned in there somewhere. <laughs> but I've seen this story and I'm like, oh, oh boy, and I just I needed to tell you guys. Well, I pretty much did a story set in Canada once, so which, by the way, that <laughs> beer, the uh, the hoodoo hoodoo pubic hair beer. Is being sent to me. Oh my god! <laughs> a friend and a friend was visiting Albany, Canada, like a few weeks after that, and I spoke to them, and they actually got me a pack, and they've posted it. I've got the tracking. It currently says about two to three months. <laughs> Will it survive? Will it actually arrive? All Stay tuned. That we can answer later. <laughs> What's going to get here sooner? My mystery pubic hair beer or my thirty eighty? Your graphics card. Mm. Yeah, who knows? Put your bets in now, guys. <laughs> So this story is batshit crazy. I'm just going to say that right up top. Okay. It's about a woman named Amethyst Realm. That should tell you all you need to know about the story. So she's a 32-year-old woman who met her partner Ray while she was on holiday in the Outback when she was in Australia in 2018. Is Ray a ghost? Ray is a ghost. Mm. (laughs) Ray is very much a ghost. Okay. A ghost of who? Ray. Yeah, but is he like... An indigenous Australian ghost? Because if he is, I doubt his name was Ray. I was going to say, Ray is a very white Australian name. I would believe Ray's from Australia. Mm. Okay. Tell me more. anyway. Not the first time you've told me stories on the show about women who are married to ghosts or something. (laughs) That was the pilot episode we did as an example to get people to listen to. That didn't ever actually make it. Oh. So we've never talked about this on this podcast officially. Okay. (laughs) But yes, she met him in 2018 and they quickly became romantically involved. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, it's so hard to tell this, like, and to try and forget that Ray is in fact a ghost. He flew back to the UK with her and he eventually proposed. This one, you were watching videos on this woman. I saw you. Yeah, the other day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I got the and idea. They were like the- on, on like the Today Show in England or whatever. Yeah, it is, the interview. Interviewing is- it. Oh my God. Okay, Those so- interviewers, they don't get paid enough. No, they didn't. I, I, I don't know. They seem like they're having Ray a good time. Did Ray have his own seat on the plane? I don't know. Do ghosts need a seat? Maybe he just sat on her lap. So the interview with this woman was so strange. So I, the video I watched on YouTube was um, Destry's What the Fuck News. <laughs> yeah, the emo. Yeah, the emo. The, 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 last the guy survive, who's been an emo The last forever. surviving emo on earth. Um, and in the interview, she said some really crazy things, like about how ghosts are worried about COVID and- Why? Because they get sick too. <laughs> what, they're going to die again? <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, they actually asked that. So they're like, oh, so what if a ghost gets COVID? Like, are they, were they afraid of dying again? She's like, oh, no, don't be silly, but they just get sick. And I'm like, are you just making this up on the spot? Like, are you making this up as you go? Because 
How much Twilight has this girl read? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's not what the story's about. I just thought I'd mention that because, yeah, the interview was so crazy. Like, definitely find it on YouTube if you can because it was nuts. Anyway, so the most recent development in her story is that Amethyst has decided to break off the engagement. Ray, you fucked up. She claims that their romance was going exceptionally well until they went on holiday to Thailand. When they returned home, Ray had changed. When did they go to Thailand? I don't know. During COVID? <laughs> I don't know. She claims that he fell in with a bad crowd on holiday and that his partying ways had just become too much for her. How does a ghost party? How does a ghost fall in with a bad crowd on holiday? I, all Were of they this, other ghosts? I don't Were they other people? <laughs> Was Ray on the lady, the ladyboy ghosts? Maybe. He would disappear for long periods of times where she thinks he was doing drugs and drinking before coming home and making a lot of weird noises in the house. What? Yeah. Maybe those are just the moments where whatever you're on wore off. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> What's her name? Amethyst Realm? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she's a psychic or a medium. I'm not sure which one. Mm. I'm supposed that's not her real name either. Yeah, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. So Amethyst now says that she's happy to remain single for the time being and isn't interested in dating anyone, alive or dead. Oh. Um, I, I don't know what to think. Where's is Ray she, now? Is, is he still she, in Thailand? Is he, stuck is, he in back, is he back in the outback? I don't know. Yeah. Um, how do you kick a ghost out? You burn sage i'm breaking up with you ray and then she lights her fucking master foods <laughs> oregano pot on fire <laughs> sage sorry is she is she just like is there something mentally going on with her that she thinks all these things are happening to her no, or did they actually happen i, I don't know she, this is a publicity stunt for her psychic slash medium business yeah, whichever one she is oh fuck how am i gonna marry a ghost <laughs> uh, we broke up yeah now i don't have to marry a ghost I there got- is another woman out there and i cannot remember her name but she actually is or she was married to a ghost i'm pretty sure she's divorced him but both of those women are sadder than the woman i've heard about who married a train station i don't know at least you can actually touch the train right? station at least you can <laughs> touch we all know the train but station's hang on. there. Wait, isn't like um, falling in love with things like an actual yes that's the thing there there's like uh, i think it's on it's some of the, one of those paid TV channels. See, for that, I'm like, okay, well, you can prove that that exists. Yeah. Well, there's um, like this woman who's really attracted to a Ferris wheel in an abandoned amusement park somewhere. Isn't there a woman who's in love with the Eiffel Tower? Probably. I'm fairly sure I've seen something on her on TV at one point. Mm. Um, Like a guy who's in love with his own car. Oh, that was on My Strange Addiction. Have you ever watched that show? Yeah, that's oh, a show I'm thinking. So good. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, again, you can prove that that exists. We cannot prove that Ray yeah. exists. Yeah, like we we cannot know for sure that it's not a figment of her imagination. But maybe it's not. Maybe she truly is a medium. No, she's <laughs> didn't fucking date a ghost. Ray sounds too cool for her anyway. What was Ray doing? <laughs> He's one of the free flight to England. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, ghosts in my story, but there are some dead people. Okay. A few weeks back, we spoke. I think it was in episode thirty-nine about Perilous Jack, who was the dolphin. Yes. In the Cook Strait, who supposedly guided ships, or maybe he wasn't. Who knows? I um, in that, I alluded to the Tevahine, which is a ship that sunk in the Cook Strait. Now, if we're talking top five worst naval disasters in New Zealand history, it is one of the worst in the Cook Strait, but it only comes in at number five for the most deadly. But it was the most recent of the most deadly naval disasters in New Zealand history. So uh, Okay. <laughs> because of that, we know a lot about it because journalists pretty much got to watch it happen. Okay. Because it took a while. The deadliest crash in, sorry, the deadliest naval incident in New Zealand history is uh, the sinking of a ship called the Orpheus, which sunk in a bay 
in New Zealand in bad weather and 189 people were killed. This was in 1863. Mm-hmm. It's like a big old wooden sailing ship kind of thing. Yep. I haven't known much about it, but I looked into it and I was like, there's not a lot here. So I just gave you the bridge version of it. Okay. It was bad weather, ship sunk, a lot of people died. Because it was 1863, there wasn't a lot of people in New Zealand reporting that kind of shit. So mm-hmm. whatever. We go to the evening of April 9th, 1968. The Wahine departs from Littleton, which is a small port town just 10 kilometers south of the Christchurch CBD. So if you go south of Christchurch, it's like a small little mountain range. And on the other side of that is Littleton. Only reason why it's not considered part of Christchurch, basically. Okay. And it departs on an overnight trip from Christchurch over to Wellington, which is the capital. On board are 610 passengers and 123 crew members. Okay, that's a lot. It's a big ferry. It carries boats. I know for a fact because... While I was writing this, my dad called me and I was talking to him about it. He was actually on the Wahine in January of that year. He wrote it well, okay. a few months prior to it sinking. And they had a movie theater on board. There was a smoker's room that his parents were always in. Um, they carried your cars and trucks and things like that. So it was, so it was a fucking massive ferry. It was a big ship. He really, he said it was a nice boat. And he really liked it. Okay. So it sounds like it was, a, it was, it was choice as. <laughs> so, as I said, it was April 9th, 1968. The Wahine leaves in the evening because it's an overnight ferry to Wellington. Several days prior, on April 4th, Cyclone Giselle leaves the Solomon Islands and begins tearing its way down the Ring of Fire, through New Caledonia, and into the North Island of New Zealand. By the 9th of April, it is rolling over the northernmost tip of the North Island. It's on track to reach Wellington at the same time as the Wahine is. Cyclone Giselle is the worst storm in New Zealand's recorded history. What year is this again? 1968. Right, okay. Okay. There was one a few years ago, Cyclone Cook, that was possibly going to be worse but from what i've read it wasn't but it was pretty bad it was 2017 i think that one which used to be i didn't realize we got cyclones in New i was Zealand. just about to say that i did not know that um, new zealand got cyclones i i think they just you sometimes yeah they get sent down there as they roll through the pacific because it's quite far south so it's a bit odd for it to happen mm. but that's not all that we has to worry about see tearing up the western coast of the southern island is another storm from antarctica this sounds like the perfect storm <laughs> Both storms and the Wahine meet near Wellington. Winds of 275 kilometers an hour, or 171 miles an hour, are recorded. In just one suburb of Wellington, 98 roofs are ripped off homes. Jesus. Three ambulances and a truck are blown over trying to rescue people in the area. Fucking hell. And somewhere in the city, my 11-year-old dad ends up trying to go to school. Oh, so your dad is like in this storm. My dad was in this storm. Yeah. That's kind of cool that you can like, tell the this from his perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I asked him about it. I'm like, he's like, oh, I do remember. He's like, I don't know that cyclone, but I remember the great storm that rolled over. I'm like, yeah, that's the one in 1968. And he's like, oh, right. Yeah, I tried <laughs> to go to school that day. Because <laughs> his parents, I, like one day he was like, it's a public holiday and his parents didn't believe him. So they sent him to school anyway. And they had to come home. So I wasn't surprised when he told me they tried to send him to fucking school <laughs> in this fucking hurricane. Okay. They were sheltering in, like, a train station from it, and then it started to flood, so they had to move to, like, a warehouse on the somewhere on the train yard, but they mm-hmm. thought that was about to get blown over, so they ended up having to take shelter under a bridge somewhere. Okay. Which all they did was just keep the rain off them, but they were still exposed to the winds Far and shit. So. Obviously, he survived. Obviously. <laughs> because you exist, yes. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was there. And my mum probably experienced it as well, because she would have been probably five or six at the time, but she would have been in the middle of the North Island rural area somewhere, so I'm mm-hmm. trying to... She hasn't replied to me, I if she hasn't seen it yet. Of, um, I don't know how much she'd remember, but she'd have a different experience of what happened. Because mm. pretty much the entire North Island got hit by the cyclone. Right, okay. Which is probably part of the reason why it was the worst recorded storm, because <laughs> it hit so much of it. Anyway, the Wahine 
They actually knew about the storms beforehand as there had been weather warnings when they left, but no one expected it to be so bad. Okay. Or any worse than the Cook Strait's usual weather, which is notoriously bad as it is. So the captains were like, whatever. It should be fine, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, especially the cyclone, usually they hit land and they break up. Yeah, okay. Well, I know North Island New Zealand's not huge, but you think it would peter out. It's now around 5.50am on April 10th, and the Wahine's captain, Hector Gordon Robertson, decides they're going to enter Wellington Harbour. 20 minutes later, the wind has gotten worse, the ship's radar is gone, and a massive wave pushes the Wahine into a collision course with Barrett Reef. Okay. Captain Robertson knows this, and he begins continuing to turn the ship with the water to try and turn it back out to sea. Uh, I assume out in sea, the waves are not going to be as affected by the storm. And I guess less likely to crash into something. water. Yeah. Yeah. So for another 30 minutes, they battle the waves and wind before they lose control of the engines and steering. It just dies. And eventually the Wahine is forced into the reef and runs aground. It loses a propeller and it has a large hole gouged in the left, sorry, no, the starboard side, which is the right side, and it begins taking on water. Mm-hmm. Okay. This sounds not good. No. <laughs> so that's now somewhere around 6, 6.30 a.m. Okay. Passengers are told there's no immediate danger. Oh, no. No, of course not. We're just like, you know, run into a reef and we're taking on water, but don't worry. And they're told to put on life jackets and report to muster stations just as a routine precaution. I mean, I guess, you know, you can't just shout, it's fucking going down and people just panic. Um, (laughs) So I get it. (laughs) Uh, The storm gets worse. Oh, it gets worse. Okay. It gets worse. And it begins to drag the boat despite it having its anchors down and it drifts further into the harbour. By 11 a.m. So this this has been the situation now for like four or five hours. Fucking hell. Okay. It's a long time. I think what probably happened is the boat started taking on water, but because of how boats are designed, you seal off that section, mm. so it doesn't matter too much. There's only so much water it can take on. Yep, okay. It doesn't say that's what they did, but I assume that's why it wasn't getting any worse. 11 a.m., the anchors, though, finally get a hold in the harbour, and a tugboat reaches them and tries to bring them in, but the line breaks after 10 minutes. This is just not going well. <laughs> More attempts are made, they all fail, but they do manage to get the deputy harbour master, Captain Galloway, on board the Wahine. What does he do? I don't know. Why do they need him on board? No idea. That's the last <laughs> that mentions him. Okay. Is he okay? <laughs> I, I don't know. So it's 11am. It's been like half a day since the fucking disaster happened. Mm-hmm. But they think it's going to be fine. They believe the danger of the ship sinking has passed, which fair enough, it's been... Six it's been hours. that long, you think it would <laughs> have like, sunk yeah, by now? Yeah. And even if it does, the water where they are in the harbour is only about 10 metres deep, which is 33 feet. Okay, not so bad. They even expect to be able to fix the Wahine up and have a sail back to Christchurch that night as scheduled. What drugs are they taking? That might be a bit ambitious. One <laughs> <laughs> fifteen. That afternoon, the tide and ongoing storm, so this fucking cyclone is still raging. Oh my god, okay. While these people are on the boat, waiting and waiting... Uh, it swings the boat around and suddenly, no, the Wahine's had enough, it lists. It just starts keeling over to the point of no return. And it's at this point, Captain Robertson goes, all right, get off the fucking ship. Gives the order to abandon it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, because the boat is now listing so far, they can only use four of the lifeboats as the other four are on the wrong side and they can't be launched. There's just a part of me that feels like this is a comedy of errors, basically. That like It seems to be, yeah. Yeah, like there's so many things that they could have done before this. I get that there's a storm and all that, but how can you just leave people on what they know is a damaged ship for that long? They launch the first lifeboat and it capsizes. 
shortly after oh hitting the God. wave, after hitting the water, because there are six meter waves rolling around in the harbor because of the cyclone. Yeah. Those on board are thrown from it. Many drown, including two children and several mm. elderly. Uh, there is actually a survivor account of one woman who was on that boat, and it was two of her children drowned and she says she very clearly remembers that moment which i imagine you would unfortunately <laughs> i don't but, think you'd yeah. forget it anytime soon some of the people thrown from the boat managed to hold on to the overturned boat and it floats over to the eastern shore of the harbor so the wahine is run aground on the reef but it's only like 200 meters off the shore okay of seaton they're not far but these poor bastards end up floating five kilometers across the harbor to eastbourne is the name of the place they end up in they go all the way over the fucking harbor yeah. instead in the storm the other three crowd lifeboats because obviously, you know, they've only got half the lifeboats. So they're overcrowded because they've got a full 600 people on board. Yeah. They actually managed to get deployed and they do get to shore safely. Although one of them also ends up in fucking Eastbourne because of the current. Okay. So you got a bunch of people on the wrong side of the fucking harbour. Well, I mean, as long as you make it to land at this point, right? <laughs> Eastbourne at this time is not developed. So they have to wait in the elements and then in the cold and in the storm for help to arrive. I still feel like this is better than drowning. <laughs> Some actually die while waiting. Oh, no. From exhaustion and exposure. Oh, no. So take your pick, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, 51 people died that day. Jesus. And a further two died later in hospital from injuries. Fucking hell. Give mind this now. Fifth least deadly. No. Of the top five most deadly naval disasters in New Zealand history, this is the least. Why, why do they even put boats in straits? Just don't do it. One of the options was there at the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, there's no other option most now. Most straits <laughs> are fine, I think. Oh, actually, no, now I think about it, yeah. I was going to say, every single one I've ever heard of has bad conditions. Yeah, it must be a like, thing. Because, because they're two oceans meeting, I guess. Yeah. Like the Cook Strait at the bottom of... No, this is the Cook Strait. Mm-hmm. What's the one at the bottom of South Africa? The Cape yeah. of Africa? That's notorious. Yeah. Anyway, they had no other option. <laughs> how is he going to move people? I mean, that's how... I mean, they move people through the same body of water now. Like, there is no other option. Yeah. So other boats can see all this is happening and they start rushing out and pulling people from the water. So not everyone who ended up in the water dies. Okay. Like other people are able and just I think it's kind of crazy that people are like well that ship's sinking and there's a, like the worst storm in history is happening but I'm going to go out there on my boat <laughs> yeah. and help these people yeah it's kind of crazy like, uh, it's later in the day surely the storm's dying down and passing over by this so. point but by 2.30pm the Wahine rolls completely onto its side 566 passengers survive as do 110 of the crew 6 people are never found that's 13 crew members gone, and you're missing the rest of all the passengers. In total, three children are killed, but most of the victims were elderly or middle-aged. I guess most likely to not be able to survive the sea or the elements after you get out. Yeah. Charges were brought against the officers of the Wahine, but they were all acquitted. Because as you said, it was largely accepted that you know there were lots of errors of judgment made that day, and just a comedy of errors. Well, I mean, the thing is... I feel like it's all well and good to say, okay, well, if this thing happens, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. But the reality of when those things happen is very different. Yeah. It seems to come down to the fact that this was a storm of the century situation. No one was expecting it. Yeah. You know, it's not really, you know, it's not anyone's fault. And like the captains, you know, they probably did do the right thing. I mean, surely that comes under an act of God, no? Yeah. Uh, The inquiry also decided that had they actually launched the lifeboats earlier, you know, before the boat started listing and they could have used all of them, more people probably would have died because at the time the storm was worse. Mm, so it was okay. more likely they'd be tipped over. Uh, and furthermore, other boats wouldn't have been able to go out and help them. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like by the time the Wahine keels and they abandoned ship, they did calm down enough for other people to actually be able to go get there and help them. Okay. But it, yeah. Because when I was reading this, I'm like, fuck, if only they'd launched the boats earlier in the day. Yeah. Like logically, you're like, oh, they should have launched it when the boat was fine. But I guess if the weather's worse... 
They already lost one in the good weather, quote unquote. Yeah, and I guess like the thing is, because the ship hadn't started to really sink at that point, it was like, well, maybe we can just it's hold been out. Six hours. Let's just keep sitting on it. Well, yeah, like <laughs> let's just hold out until the storm passes. Yeah, I like I get that. It makes sense. Mm. They quickly decided that no, they wouldn't be able to salvage the ship. Remember, they, really? want, they wanted to send it back to Crusher's that night. That never happens. Yeah. So instead, they decide to scuttle her in the Cook Strait, but they never get around to it. And by another heavy storm rolls through in 1969, the following year, and it actually breaks up the Wahine for them, and then a floating crane is used to dismember the rest of it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't the, even know floating cranes were a thing. They are, yeah. There you go. So that was 1968. In, I think it was 1974, they finally resume that ferry service with a new boat that was a bit smaller. Okay. Absolute failure. Oh, really? Tanks. No one wants to use it anymore. Yeah, I wonder why. Well, the big thing that really killed it is during that time, air travel became more common and available and cheap, and it turned a 10-hour boat ride into a 26-minute flight. Yeah, I know which one I'd rather do. (laughs) That's the story of the Wahino. Especially because, like, it's not even like you could say, oh, well, getting the ferry is safer. No. So. Look, flying into Wellington is bad enough as it is. Like, the Cook's rates are shit. Just all around shit all it's the time. It's just awful to fly into and sail around. Yeah, but if it's a, a an option between half an hour of shit and 10 hours of shit, I know which one I'd take. <laughs> At least with the plane, they're in a better position to fly somewhere else mm. and land somewhere else. True. So, but yeah. I have no segue. You have no segue. From, you know, shit weather to literal bags of shit. No, it doesn't work either because they're not literal bags of shit. God damn it. I thought you were about to tell me about another poop jogger. No, I, I do not have another poop jogging story. Still no more news on our local neighborhood poop yeah, jogger. Yeah, there's been no news. Maybe they stopped. I don't know. Maybe they saw the post and got like, oh no. Got scared. Now they're shitting okay. somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a segue. Sorry. Mm. So this story is a bit of a mystery. I don't really have an answer for you as to what actually happened. I probably am going to raise more questions than answers. So satisfying. Mm, sorry, but it's a good story. Um, residents of Balmain, which is a suburb of Sydney, would you call Balmain the inner west? It sort of is, because it's kind of like near Roselle and stuff, right? I mean, geographically, sure. But it's very affluent. <laughs> like, rich people live in Balmain. When I think of the inner west, I think more like... Newtown. Newtown yeah. and Marrickville and stuff like that. But I think it technically still is it's the, the inner west of Sydney. It's the eastern inner west. <laughs> okay, let's say that. Um, but look, look, it's a very affluent suburb. Like, affluent. Affluent. That's what I said, didn't I? I think you said affluent. I know what I meant. <laughs> it's like an episode of Kath and Kim. Um, but yeah, like r- rich people live in Balmain. Like yeah. you have to be rich to live there. It's expensive. And they have a the hideous old West Tigers RSL oh, club. That thing, yeah. Which used to be like the center of attraction of the suburb and now no one's diving with it, but no one's doing it's, it's just, just a big empty building it it's looks hideous, hideous now it's yeah, graffitied it's, so it's trash i'm surprised the residents of Balmain aren't complaining i'm sure they must be i'm sure they would be but it's probably just like a bit of a standstill as to what to do with because the only parts of Balmain i really know are that main road that goes through it what is that is that Parramatta road no it's not Parramatta road no, that's victoria it starts at fucking Parramatta. and goes all the way through doesn't it yeah, it's victoria road yeah victoria road that's the one yeah goes out to Parramatta though <laughs> it does go to Parramatta, but it's not Parramatta Road. The other Parramatta Road. Yeah, that, that's the other part of Belmain I know. And right in the center of it, you've got this hideous fucking building. Like, okay. Okay. Well, the story is not about any of the hideous buildings in Belmain. 
Um, that one. But what it is what it is about is that residents have been left baffled for years as sandwich bags full of brown and pink fluid have been left in their wheelie bins. What? Yeah. <laughs> this for is a crazy years. story. Okay, when I say years, it started happening in 2018. That's still a long time. That's still a long time, right? Is it someone putting like ice cream scoops in bags and then It does not look like that. No, you've got pictures? I've got pictures and it looks like ground up meat. One woman posted in their local area Facebook group in December of 2018 asking if anyone else had had, if anyone else had been finding the substance in their bins, which got a huge response. A lot of people had been seeing these sandwich bags full of this mystery substance. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to show you a photo. I'm just going to get up and show you. Hold on a second. It it looks disgusting. Okay. Right. It does kind of remind me of the meat milkshake shit I used to make for the echidnas at the zoo. Which was literally just mincemeat, water, and a bit of dirt blended together. It looks like ground up meat. That's like ground so much that it looks like a liquid. It looks disgusting. So apparently it also smells nasty because bags have broken in the past. Right. And it's also not like, like you see, like I say sandwich bags, but those bags are pretty big. They're big sandwich bags. They're like the big ones, the big, big Ziploc like bags. Zip, yeah. It's not like one or two of these bags are appearing in bins. It's more like 10 to 15. That's how they discovered these bags is because they usually are put in the bins the day after the days, like the garbage are being collected. So when they move their bins, it, they notice that it's heavier than it should be. Yeah. And they look inside and go. They look inside that. and they've got all these fucking bags of this, whatever it is. Right. And it's throughout the suburb. It's not just all concentrated in one area. No. Or? So it's a lot of, a lot of houses have had this happen to them in Balmain. It's not always the same ones. Hmm. It has been reported to the police and initially they thought it might be something to do with drugs. Hmm. But they've attended it and it has nothing to do with that. It's been deemed not a, a drug byproduct and they think it is bio waste. Nice. But this my is... question is, why hasn't it been tested? Yeah. Why hasn't it been tested? Bowman Police, what are you doing? Not much, apparently. Like there, is no, like, there's no conclusion as to what the substance is. All I can say is that, like, look at the article that I'm going to post in the episode notes and see for yourself what it looks like. But it looks like meat. And... My true crime brain goes to the worst possible scenario, which is people that meet. someone's killing people and getting rid of it this way. <laughs> but I think the leading theory is that it's probably more likely that a nearby business is illegally dumping stuff that they want to get rid of instead of paying for it to be disposed of. That's what I was thinking. Is um, there a, like a local butcher or something? Or some, yeah, something like that. But yeah, there's no answers on what this substance is. It just mysteriously appears in people's bins and it looks... Honestly, please look at the photos. It the looks disgusting. Just I'm, I'm imagining now that fucking guy on YouTube, you know, the voice. The Belmain meat bags. <laughs> Nobody knows exactly what. You know that fucking guy? Okay. And all his videos have like 60 million views. I was going to say. But everyone's like, I can't stand his voice. I don't get how he's so popular. Me either. I can't stand it either. But maybe I should have presented it more like that to really hype yeah. it up. But that's not me. <laughs> I can't do that. But I'm just like. What the fuck is this shit? And why is no one actually looking into what it is? (laughs) Maybe we'll never know truly what it is. Apparently there hasn't really been any dumpings of this stuff during COVID, like during lockdown. Interesting. Maybe it's someone uh, that would. Whatever it is, they've taken a hiatus. (laughs) Mm. So, I mean, that does sort of uh, say that it would be a business because they'd be like shut down. So potentially not getting rid of things. Oh my God. It's the pink stuff from McDonald's. (laughs) The Dremoyne Maccas employees are driving to Belmain and dumping <laughs> the pink swap you, order it you've is. been to that Dremoyne Maccas, right? Everyone's been to that fucking Dremoyne Maccas. It's so fucking small. It is tiny. That's why they got to dump it. 
It is, but they've got a large plot of land. They should really extend it. All of it's car park and then, like, there's no room in the restaurant. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Times Hill High School, so that was the Maccas that everyone Oh, yeah, at. of course, yeah. of course. Okay, this is a random story that you do not have to keep in if you don't want to. But um, Was this about the time how you and your friend got the Maccas there and then saw people fucking in the <laughs> park? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, I'll never forget it. They were so brazen. So nearby... Dremoyne Maccas, or people who don't know Dremoyne, which is at least half of our viewership by the sounds of it. So, we'll like, yeah, it's, it's like literally down the road is. um. There's basically a, like a big park and an oval on the river. Yeah. And they've got like big floodlights up to illuminate yeah. at night. And you went down there with a friend of yours. Okay. So we had been drinking at, oh, what's that pub called on the corner? I've never, Oxford Tavern, I think. Yeah, I never went to it, but I did want to for a while. It's a nice pub. It's got a really nice beer garden. Anyway. Um, it's just over so the road from the Maccas. We had been drinking there until like two in the morning or something. And then we left and obviously went and got a cheeseburger because that's what you do after a night of drinking. Yeah. And we decided to walk down to the park where like the river is. And we were sitting, we were sitting in the dark. We weren't sitting under a light. We were sitting like right next to the oval. Mm-hmm. Like there's those brick walls that are near the oval. Yeah. So we were sitting there in the dark. However, these two people who were just like fucking like there was no tomorrow were directly under a floodlight they wanted to see each other all right he had her bent over the hood of his car and they were going for it and i just like i wasn't wearing my glasses so like i'm short-sighted and so i've just been like randomly looking around i've seen movement and i went what the fuck is that and then my friend just started laughing you're like that's people fucking (laughs) imagine if you were there by yourself and you'd gone for a closer look Oh my god! It's <laughs> like walking. Home, I can't see what's happening over here. But the other thing of this, the car park was not empty of other cars. Like that spot is pretty popular to go late at night for, for people to just hang or, or just to hang out. I don't know if anyone was in those other cars. I don't know how many They're people see it. It was just so brazen. They were directly under a floodlight. Anyone walking down there would have seen them. That's probably part of the appeal. Maybe I will say though that he was very polite and finished on the face. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the polite thing to do? Was it? <laughs> I don't know. I just my my initial thought was that's just rude because I was being sarcastic. That's just rude. Like, what's she gonna do? She's like half naked outside of a car. How's she gonna clean that up? How's she gonna be able to see properly to sort that shit out? Anyway, Dremoyne memories. Dr memories. <laughs> right, my last one is real quick. What do cows eat? Grass. Is that it? I'm sure they eat other shit. Like what? Do cows eat lucin? That's hay, as what most people would call it, even though yeah, it's Yeah, but wrong. It's, it's not hay. But Yeah, animals don't eat hay, they eat lucin, which is not they dead hay. They sleep on hay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, they probably do. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Do they? I'm not sure. Cow caught chewing on a large python in outback northern Australia. Okay, they definitely don't eat those, as far as I'm aware. I thought they were like herbivores. Refrigeration mechanic Andrew Gertz was left gobsmacked after he came across a cow on the deserted Sandover Highway, 300 kilometers from Lake Nash Station in the Northern Territory. And this is like peak bumfuck nowhere, middle Australia. <laughs> like I can't even find Lake Nash Station in the Northern Territory. Right, I found okay. the highway and it runs from like Alice Springs out into Western Queensland. Of course. Quote, when I got closer, I could see it was a sand python hanging out of its mouth. He thinks what's happened is the cows disturbed the snake, the snakes attacked him and ended up latching onto its tongue, and then the cows just chomped on it. Well, I feel like that's the appropriate measure to take. Hmm. But otherwise, he's not entirely sure how it ended up in the mouth of the cow. I've got images. Okay. I'll load one up. You should probably, actually, I can probably just show it to you from there because of how my computer's set up now. Yes. It's kind of kind of convenient for you to load it up here. There he is. Holy fuck. It's got a big snake hanging out of his mouth. It's not a small snake either. No, it's, a big it's cow. really not. <laughs> 
There he is. Well, considering like when a person stands next to a cow, they're nearly as tall as you are, and that's like fucking hitting the ground. Yeah, it's a big snake. It's a big snake. So apparently, and this was news to me, and it's probably going to be for everyone listening to this, I suppose, maybe not, cattle are actually known to scavenge on dead kangaroos and other cattle to supplement their diets. I thought they were herbivores. No? Maybe they just don't care what they eat. I mean, horses aren't herbivores. They're omnivorous. Are they? Yeah, horses are omnivores. Isn't that more terrifying? It really is because horses are so big. <laughs> and they, like, they bite people all the time and they're just testing us. I've been bit by a horse before. Angus Emmett, a cattle grazer and natural historian, notes that a cow sucking on a python, however, is unusual. Yeah, I don't imagine this is an everyday occurrence because otherwise <laughs> I feel like I would have heard of it before. Angus Emmett believes the cow was likely chewing it for protein and trace elements. Quote, their body tells them what they need and they'll go and trace it down if it's available. This is kind of like how butterflies... Oh, there's at least one species of butterflies that um, is really attracted to dead fish and crocodiles in Africa. Mm, okay. And what they're doing is they're drinking the blood to get salt. Right, okay. Mm. Interesting. Andrew says the cow seemed unfazed by the meal and dropped the snake before wandering off into the bush. <laughs> I the mean... Snakes, he's just like, yeah, he is though. He's like just walking through the bush and sucking on a snake like you would a lollipop or something. My question is, <laughs> when are cows ever phased? I don't know. When they see a red blanket? <laughs> That's a bull. That right there is a cow. That is a cow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't love this story. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought, I saw the headline. I'm like, I got to tell. I gotta, I gotta oh, tell. yeah, absolutely. If I'd seen it, I would have done it. So, yeah, snake eating cows. Okay, since you told me that your story was going to be about a cow, I was not expecting that, though. That's fucked up. Mm. I have a bonus story. It's okay. very, very short. Okay. 40 cows escaped a South Gibson's property on the 14th of October, and most of the cows were recovered. Mm-hmm. However, one was found in a kind of unusual spot. Okay, where was it? One was found by a local resident just chilling on her in-ground backyard trampoline. Righto. And it was about a K away from the farm. (laughs) (laughs) So he did walk to K, found this trampoline and went, yeah, I'm going to sit on that. (laughs) Trampolines are comfy. (laughs) It's one of those in-ground ones where like the trampoline's on ground level. Yeah, so so that's how the cow got on it. Yeah. Um, I, I spent a lot of time lying on a trampoline. When I used to live in New Guinea, we had a trampoline. Well, see, there wasn't a lot to do as a kid in New Guinea. So um, The owners of the cow ended up removing it from the backyard with a tractor and then made the cow walk the K home. <laughs> Look, I walked the K to get there. I feel like walking a kilometer for a cow is not a big deal. So I think the funniest part about this story, though, because that's it, is the photos of this cow just fucking on chilling on a trampoline. I'm Google it, hang on. Cow on trampoline in the Gippsland region? Yep. Oh, it almost broke it. Yeah, like a blue it did. trampoline? <laughs> Jesus. This trampoline is struggling with this cow on it. I'm I'm definitely going to link the, cow the article, but just, it's so just funny. just a big hammock. Oh, there's a picture of the fucking um, crane coming in. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking massive tractor coming in to get it off. <laughs> God. I had build quality of the springs, though. Trampoline's struggling, but it's not broken. It, it's still intact. It but... probably doesn't bounce the same anymore. No. <laughs> But, I mean, that'd be a cool story for the kid who owns that trampoline. <laughs> cow hammock? Yeah. Maybe they should build cow hammocks. Maybe that's a thing that cows like. I don't know. There was a um, farm that had a touchscreen interface put in, like, the pigsty, and you could play games on your phone that would interact with the pigs as forms of enrichment for them. Yeah, but p- pigs are smart. Yeah. Cows I don't know if a cow would get that. No, but another form of enrichment, they could have a hammock yeah. instead of the big brushes they get. So in cattle farms now, we just have ra- random in-ground trampolines. Yes. <laughs> Cow hammocks. Yeah. They seem to like them, all right? I, I just think it's funny that that's the place that it went, yeah, I'm going to rest here. <laughs> or did it step on it? And, and go, oh, fuck, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, um, it's probably more than that. Yeah. 
I bookmarked it uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, I don't know how I'm ever going to fit this in an episode because it's so short, but the fu- like the photo is so funny. So I'm like, cows, perfect. There it is. <laughs> and speaking of done. What? Speaking of done. Oh, we're done? So are we. So this episode is done. Yep. Another week, another episode done. Another week closer to our year event. Yes. Whoops. <laughs> our year event where... We're doing a special episode. Yes. And a live stream, I think. And a live stream. We've definitely confirmed we'll do those. Those two things are definitely confirmed, but I've got a couple of other little things in the works. We'll see how we go. That you still haven't told me. I told you some of them the other day. That I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to refresh your memory, so cut this. Oh, yes. I remember now. So, yeah. Finalizing it still, but it's it's a coming. It's happening. We'll be there. And you should be there too. <laughs> if you'd like to submit stories to us or you want to, yeah. if you'd like to submit stories that you'd like us to cover on the podcast or give us some feedback at all, you can email us at FME Dead Podcast. That's FME Dead Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter to keep up to date on when the episodes are released and pictures from stories, clips from the episodes ahead of time. Did someone put those out? Did I mention our Twitter handle? It's at Fuck Me Dead Pod. No, you didn't. You just it. said it. This is why I want <laughs> editing right so I can change this opening. I want to. Edit it. Okay, you have it now. Oh, cool. Sweet. Nice. Expect a new opening starting next episode. Well, it's not an opening. closing. closing. (laughs) (sighs) All this information and more will be available on our website, including the episode notes, and you can find... Fuck! My dad! All this information will be in the episode notes, and you can also find it on our website at fuckmedeadpodcast.com, which is the ways you can listen to the website. Fuck! (laughs) You're trying to go too quick. Just slow it down. Which has a list of ways you can listen to us, and you can listen to the episodes. (laughs) The episodes directly... (laughs) I think you should just restart the entire fucking outro at this point. Nah, I'm keeping this cut. Fuck it. It's the last <laughs> time you're ever going to hear it this way. Subscribe if you have the time. Leave us a review, but not on my performance of this outro. Definitely not on that. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> I guess, like, don't like to do this, and this will probably be one of the last times I'd do it. But my other podcast... Is live. Devil's Margarita is now live. We have our first episode live. Ooh. It was released last Friday. And, uh... I'm not good at selling myself. The audio quality is much better than our first podcast episode. <laughs> that is true. I, I learned from it, it. To say that that was not as good as this quality. <laughs> we'll see. We're trying in a new studio, so I'm not too sure how it's going to sound today from our lounge room. But yeah, if this you... This is the third location we've recorded from We Did It. <laughs> I know, that's true. But yeah, I guess if you like when I do true crime stuff on this part, on this podcast, maybe go and give Devil's Margarita a go. Yes, the episode they did for their launch was about H.H. Holmes, better known as the Beast of Chicago. Which I had never heard of before, but mm. I now know about. <laughs> if you like wacky, insane murder dungeons yeah. and insurance scams... <laughs> Honestly, it's a story that has it all. And marrying many women... <laughs> It's a you wild might be ride. Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a wild ride, but yeah, we've 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 officially launched. It's a thing. It's happening. So if if you'd like to, for some reason, hear me more, go and give Devil's Margarita a follow. And if you'd like to watch me play video games and drink beer, you can follow me on Twitch at CJ underscore Twitch TV. But yeah. I'm starting a new game this week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say what it is because by the time this book goes live, I will have already played it. I'm going to play um, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which is a game that came out 10 years ago and I really, really liked it. And then no one else played it and we never got a sequel, which is a shame because it sequel baited hard. <laughs> Andy Serkis is another, he plays the main character. Cool. Hmm. Is that it? That's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much again for listening this week and we'll be back at the same time next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.